It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. With me today, my friend and colleague, Shannon Bream. How are you doing? Nice to talk with you. Excellent. Always great to be with you. Excellent. You got a great new book. It's called Women of the Bible Speak. Give me the premise for how this book came about. Well, we're looking back to women in the Bible whose stories you may not hear a lot about. Some of them you may know. Everybody knows Mary, the mother of Jesus, but there are more obscure stories too. So we thought, let's look back through the Bible and we actually look at the women in pairs. So we find common parallels or struggles in their stories. Some of them knew each other. Some of them lived centuries apart. But by looking at their lives side by side, we can dig more of a lesson out of it and and really It's been a rough year. I think we would all say we're going into more than a rough year now. Um, And I just wanted people to be encouraged. And I think looking back and seeing that the problems and the struggles we have now really aren't that different than what the women of the Bible went through. Um, Hopefully we get encouragement by seeing how they came through on the other side. Wow. Interesting. There were 16 women in the Bible, more than 16 women. So yeah, yeah. How did you choose the women that you wrote about in the book? Well, we, we looked at primarily the ones we had the most information about, but the Bible tells us the most about, so we could dig into their stories and uh, sort of cross-reference them, especially over in the Gospels and the New Testament. Some of the women's stories show up more than once, so we had more material to work with. But I also throw in a bonus chapter at the mm. end, an additional eight women who we don't have a ton of information about, but their stories are still important, and we wanted to include them. So the deeper study goes into those 16 spread across the Old and New Testament, um, but again, we have a few extra women and we, we look at how Christ interacted with them and how he often went to the person who was a complete outcast or in a horrible situation and showed such grace and forgiveness and mercy. And we thought, gosh, we all need that. Yeah. So just very tender to see how he walked with these women and talked with them uh, in a way that honestly, in the society in that time wasn't the norm. He was a little bit revolutionary in some of his relationships and the people he reached out to. And that's what made some of the religious leaders so, um, you know, opposed to him because he was shaking up the order in the way that they'd always done things. And we found in the Bible that a lot of those stories involve women. Hmm. I think that comment you made is rather poignant, actually, Uh, given the times in which we are. Perhaps we can lean on this for for ourselves. Um, Miriam, Deborah, Queen Esther. What is your favorite story that you included in this book? You know, very hard because I love them all. There's something to learn. There's wisdom in all of it. But I love Deborah because she was a female judge. She was the leader of the nation of Israel. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there was a female leader of the entire nation at one point. And she was considered very wise. People went to her to solve their legal and religious questions and disputes and problems. Um, But Israel was in a really bad place when she took charge. And at one point, they're being oppressed by this other country, the Canaanites, this other nation um, that so far outstripped them with people and weaponry and chariots and all kinds of things. The Israelites just didn't have any of that. And Deborah, um, God went to Deborah and said, I want you to go into battle against those people. Now, she didn't say, 
what? Um, that's a death mission, a death wish. We're not going to do that. She said, okay, you've told me to do it. And she goes and gets the leader of the Israelite army, Barak, and says to him, all right, God has told us to go into battle against the Canaanites, these people with everything we don't have. Um, so I need you to get some men together and do that. And he says to her, I will not do this unless you go with me. He was very hesitant. Huh. And she said, okay, I will. But guess what? The leader of the opposing army is going to be delivered into the hands of a woman. She's going to get the glory for that and the credit for overtaking this, this army leader because you've hesitated. And they go into battle and they are triumphant over this uh this way outmatched nation for them. And one of the things that was such a big deal in the time were the chariots, this, the Canaanites had 900 chariots, but what happened was God sent such a rain that they all got stuck in the mud. The chariots were no good. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't, I mean, Israel, this wasn't a close one. They destroyed the entire opposing army. There was nobody left standing except for their opposing commander. He goes running off to find um, safety somewhere ends up in the tent of a woman who kills him, says, this is the bad guy. I'm taking him out. That woman then gets the glory for taking out the opposing leader, just like Deborah prophesied that he would. Hmm. So what we see from her is a willing to go into an, a situation that seems just impossible. Cause a lot of times we're asked to walk into things we think are impossible or overwhelming, but she felt like she had heard directly from God. And that gave her the ability to move forward and not hesitate. Oh. And I think that's a lesson for all of us that if you feel called into something, yeah, you may feel like I'm not the right person for this. I'm not some great theologian. I don't have the tools I need. Um, but if we're willing to walk forward, um, God will meet us in that. Hmm. I've known you for a number of years, and I know how important your faith is to you. So I, I, I'd imagine this was kind of a labor of love for you. That's the perfect way to put it, honestly, Bill, because Listen, I would not recommend that anyone writes a book in the middle of a pandemic, a presidential <laughs> election year, and in my case, an opening on the Supreme Court and a confirmation oh, gotcha. hearing. And you're, um, and you're I, working. And I, I you're laugh wor- about it. But, right. And you're working from well, home and, dri- and, jobs. and dri- mean, driving your husband crazy. Yes. And the dog, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend the timing, but it was a labor of love because I grew up in church. Like you said, faith is a very important thing to me. And I knew basically most of these women's stories, but to, to set aside time to really study, uh, I learned things. So whether you're a person of faith or not, I think you'll enjoy the book. It's got encouragement. It's got challenges, Mm -hmm. but if you are somebody who's been a person of faith, I think like me, you'll learn things. I learned details and twists and turns in these stories. I mean, most of them could be their own modern day blockbuster movie. I mean, there are just unbelievable things. And we wow. include people in the book. I've already told you, we have a murderer in there. We've got a prostitute. I mean, we've got a queen. We've got everything. Um, just showing that God can work in every circumstance, humble and great. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. We will continue in a moment. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze 
to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. You gave us the story of Deborah, and thank you for sharing that. Was that your most important story or your favorite story, or was there a most important lesson that you learned through this? I do love that story for so many reasons, but there's a story I actually mentioned in the beginning and the end of the book because it's just so powerful to me. And it's about a woman who's mentioned several times in the gospel who was sick with the issue of bleeding is all that we're told about her disease, but it had gone on for 12 years. And she had, we're told, spent every dime that she had. She had nothing left. She'd been to every physician and every person she thought could help her and no one had. And that sounds terrible in itself, but we have to remember in those times that would have made her considered unclean. So she shouldn't have been in the marketplace around crowds. She couldn't have gone to her temple or house of worship. I mean, she would have been so incredibly isolated by that. And she hears about this Jesus who is making his way through the region and that he's performing miracles. And she says to herself, if I can just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. She had that much faith and she had nothing left nowhere to go, no finances left, no medical options left. So she does sneak into the crowd where she shouldn't probably be based on the laws and the norms of the day. And she manages to get close enough to him and touches his garment. And the scripture tells us she was immediately healed. Also, Jesus knew what had happened. He felt uh, the power go from him to, to heal her. And he turns around and says to one of his disciples, who touched me? Now, you know, anytime he asks a question in the Bible, he already knows the answer, you know, and the, the disciple sort of laughs it off, sort of like, you're in a crowd, everybody's touching you, like you're in crowds. And he turns around. Now, this woman is terrified. We're told in the gospels that she is trembling in fear and falls down before him because listen, she knows this guy's the real deal. I've been healed. Certainly he's going to figure out who I am. And he could have in front of that huge crowd of people condemned her and said, what are you doing here? And you didn't ask my permission. You shouldn't even be here. Instead, we're told in every account in the gospels that he turned to her and he called her daughter, which is so beautiful to me that he would have such mercy and kindness towards her, even though she was kind of doing something wrong. He said to her, your faith has made you whole. And he praised her and he was kind to her. And instead of embarrassing or outing her, for her condition or the fact that she was there. Um, he just showed nothing but overwhelming kindness and he gave her credit for her own healing. Certainly it was his power, but it was her faith. And I thought, you know, she's going to go back now into her community, into her home, people who know her for 12 years as the woman who can't go anywhere. She's got this horrible disease um, that she's now healed. And I got to think so many times in those years and the pain of it, she has felt completely helpless and despondent. But there was purpose in that waiting because when she's ultimately healed through this miracle, I have to think when she went back and told her story that it moved other people to faith. Um, 
so even though we don't know her name, I so wanted to include her because that story has always meant a lot yeah, to me. That's great. How would you recommend that women or men, people of faith, use the book? Well, we do include study questions. So along with the stories, which uh, we try to make very entertaining because the Bible is very entertaining as a story, uh, as it weaves these different stories. Um, I think it's uh, the questions will hopefully help too to kind of guide you through and help you to think about what the truths are there, what the parallels are in these stories. You can do those alone. Um, I always love a study question to kind of help focus me and, and to show me different things or the group because I always learn things by doing them in a group, a group Bible study or, um, you know, men or women, I think can learn from these um, examples. I think so often people um, have the misperception that the Bible is kind of dusty and boring and it's a bunch of old guys and prophets and um, a lot of judgment. So I'm hoping that through this book, what they'll see is um, these people are real. They had um, all kinds of problems that we deal with today. These women dealt with widowhood and rejection and betrayal and infertility, but there's hope in every story too, and that God was in it. And there was a way provided through for each of them. And that um, the Bible isn't just a book of judgment, a bunch of rules. It's, it's one of love and compassion and forgiveness, um, shows us how to take care of each other, um, to see each other as children of God and, and hopefully to see ourselves that oh, way. That's beautiful. So tell me, how do we get it? You could go to foxnews.com slash books and uh, you'll find fantastic there, uh, books there. Pete Hegseth's first book was out under Fox News Books. This is the second one and I can't tell you, but I know there's a third one coming that people are going to love too. But if you want to get either of the first two, including Women of the Bible Speak, just go to foxnews.com slash books. Okay. I'll make sure you get a copy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shannon. Great to chat with you again. (laughs) And just want to emphasize foxnews.com slash books to get yours. I think what you told us about the wisdom and the warnings that are available in these Bible stories are, are very important, you know, and they're stories of faith and, and wisdom and hope and Mm -hmm. strength. And thank you for sharing that. My best to you, your husband, Sheldon and, uh, dog biscuit. (laughs) You got it. We'll see you soon, Hammer. Terrific. Thank you. you. Shannon Bream. Check her out midnight, every night, Monday through Friday, on the Fox News Channel and the new book, Women of the Bible Speak. Thanks, Shannon. I'm Bill Hammer. This is Hammer Time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.